You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. There's a website, John, called Comparatech that is quite a good, useful website for getting your head around figures and aggregating information that's out there in the public domain and mm-hmm. sort of putting it together in a kind of a digestible form. And one of the things they've done recently is a survey of the heaviest closed circuit TV surveillance cities in the world. Mm-hmm. I was interested, but not that surprised to learn that eight out of the top 10 are in China, mm-hmm. mainland China. In fact, the city of Chongqing in China has a total of 2.579 million of these cameras, and that's against a population of uh, over 15 million people, and that works out to be 168 cameras approximately per 1,000 people in that city. The only cities in that top 10 that aren't in China are number six is London, in the United Kingdom, 627,707 cameras there for a population of 9.17 million with 68.4 cameras per 1,000 head of population. The other city that makes it into that top 10 is Atlanta in Georgia in the United States, 7,800 cameras for a population of just over half a million people, 15.5 cameras per 1,000 Head of population. So, so is this publicly known? Yeah, look or a little. I, yeah, yeah. I, what I yeah these are so these are government operated CCTV cameras. Then mm-hmm. they're, they're either so, done so to by monitor the local cities. For they're there for they're there for sort of all sorts of things: traffic support, yep. safety. They're at public transport stops, you know, train stations, bus stops, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, they do use facial recognition technology yep. and uh, they do then provide authorities with instant identification of someone. So if you're committing a crime in China, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. or elsewhere, mm-hmm. or if you do something which the state doesn't agree with, doesn't accept as acceptable conduct, mm-hmm. then you're ID'd with the camera system and then that, in China's case, is fed back into the social credit system. And yeah. if you go to board a, a plane or to make a booking, then you can be blocked. Or you, if you try to go into a train station and buy a fast train ticket mm-hmm. to uh, to get somewhere else within China, then you can often find yourself blocked automatically by the system. It red flags you when you yeah, uh, so go to make that online if, transaction. If you're walking down the street and uh, happen to get into some kind of scuffle, whether that's, you know, you created that or you were just on the receiving end, mm. then all of a sudden those cameras are recording that information and then that will feed into your score. Mm. Uh, so if you've done the, the wrong thing, then you should be penalised uh, for that. But And I guess that's where this leads into of, uh, yeah, restriction of travel and uh, or, or costing additional for services, which and were covered before. Yeah, we've talked about the social credit system in China quite a bit, and the majority of these cameras are in China. In fact, they're talking about that in China, if the whole of China increased the number of CCTV cameras by 1,145%, that would mean a total of 2.29 billion cameras, which is just less than two cameras per person. Oh, right. The website where this information is drawn from, comparatech.com. We'll have show notes. You can check it out on our website. You can go there yourself now, comparatech.com. They do make the point that, uh, as far as methodology is concerned, is they've admitted any city where we couldn't find enough data. They've also tried to find the number of private CCTV cameras in use and, and not include them in their figures. So they're talking about public CCTV cameras. These are not on private businesses. These are yep. ones that are in the street, attached to lampposts, mm-hmm. in, in train stations, uh, public thoroughfares, that sort of stuff. So there's highly likely there's a lot more cameras because... Uh, it could well be. Yeah, hotels yes. and, uh, and, and, uh, yeah. and... And as 
the costs have come down, the technology's got better, the mm. facial recognition business of it, the AI being able to process and crunch this data and give quick answers to authorities, mm-hmm. that's all come down in cost and the technology's improved. But it is interesting, according to Comparatech, that they don't see a very strong correlation between the safety of a population in these cities where they've got lots of CCTV cameras or in the crime rate. In other words, it's not necessarily making places safer. If you're going to commit a crime, you do it in such a way that you're not going to be picked up by a camera. I mean, it's like robbing a bank. You know, you're going to you're going to hold a pole up with something to block the camera. You know, as your first thing when you when you walk in the door to rob Some the bank. Some people shoot lasers into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Mess with the sensor. That's right. That's yeah. well. That's another thing which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But the interesting thing is that according to this website, there doesn't seem to be a big correlation between either crime or the safety of the population. Crime rates or the safety of the population where you've got lots of these cameras, which begs the question: Why do you have them, and mm. why are the numbers projected to be increased? so much mm. you know in China you might wind up with more than two cameras per head of population China's the most populous country in the world by a long way I think mm-hmm. one and a half billion people there mm-hmm. so that's a hell of a lot of cameras mm. and if there's not a safety or law and order benefit then what are they doing and I suppose that the suggestion the implication is that this is being done because it is a way to monitor the behaviour of the population mm. with a view to controlling dissent, mm-hmm. with a view to cementing the place of the government. This website includes a link to an Excel spreadsheet, which gives you, I think, the top 100. So just running through a couple of Australian cities out of interest, Canberra is number 30 in the world. This is the relation of the number of cameras to the population of the city. Mm-hmm. That's how these have been ranked. So there's 2,472 CCTV cameras, public CCTV cameras in Canberra that have been identified. That's against a population of 450,000. Sydney is number 15 in the world with 60,000 cameras and a population at the moment of 4.9 million people living in Sydney, the most the most populous city in Australia. Singapore is is the 11th biggest place for public CCTV cameras in the world, 86,000 cameras there and a population of 5.6 million Mm -hmm. in the uh, city-state of Singapore. Beijing in China, 800,000 cameras against a population of 20 million. The numbers are pretty staggering, and in the case of Beijing, that works out to be 40 cameras per 1,000 people. There was a report done in 2009, and this was from the Australian Institute of Criminology, mm. and that was titled Using CCTV to Reduce Antisocial Behaviour. Now, there's, a, there's a, quite a bit in this report, but I just wanted to, to focus in on three points which they make. Mm. Uh, and the first is that as a det- the use of CCT in security cameras is for a deterrent to committing a crime. So the use of surveillance cameras as a criminal deterrent is most likely to succeed as part of a broader crime reduction strategy with active monitoring and where police are able to respond quickly to a developing incident. That was point number one. Number two was uh, for criminal prosecution, the most effective application of surveillance cameras is as a forensic tool to identify the offender in a crime or to eliminate suspects. Images must be of high quality to be acceptable as evidence in criminal prosecution. And finally, uh, to enhance community safety, uh, the visible presence of surveillance cameras, particularly CCTV in public spaces, can enhance perceptions of safety within the community, which is constructive in developing public confidence and reducing the fear of crime. So it's, so a, det- it's a deterrent. I can understand those points. Mm. I think that's the utopian view of what uh, CCTVs are, but mm. it's what then happens. There's the, you know, we, we call it creep in terms of the use of that information. Mm. So once you've recorded that data, is then it then analysed and, 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 you know, whether it be a recognition of people to say, well, 
we don't know who this person is, but we'll just we're going to look it up, and then we'll just find what crime they're associated with, or uh, we might share this with a different agency, or we might get the data on how many people in a particular area. So it's it's on the one hand, it's about safety and it's about deterrence. On the other hand, it is an invasion of privacy as well. Yeah, you can easily imagine that that where there's lots of cameras. Uh, in a public space, there would be a deterrent to criminals or terrorists or the like, uh, anyone doing anything that's illegal and likely to attract the ire of authorities. You know, if you can help it, you're not going to do it in a public space. But that just means that you choose to either cover up, have an umbrella, mm-hmm. wear a hat, wear a mask, yeah. or do it in a place where you know you've already cased the place and you know that there aren't these cameras around. Yeah. I just thought this was a pretty interesting take on just the sheer numbers of these cameras versus that, you know, the ratio to population. You know, the the numbers that were projected for 2022, uh, China could have one public CCTV camera for every two people. That's very much, you know, like George Orwell's 1984, where, you know, you had this telescreen that was always on with an eye, basically, or eyes looking at you, watching what we're doing, even the idea of thought crime. So who's, who's watching me and what are they using that data for? Are they there to to help uh, you know make sure that I'm safely walking down the street mm. or you know accessing the public spaces mm. um, or are they taking that information about me and running it through and different systems you. and profiling and me and trying to use it yeah. to predict your behavior yeah. you know should we preemptively lock this guy up because he might be an enemy of the state yeah who knows yeah. why is he in this area shouldn't be in this kind of thing yeah. yeah and look you can see that a lot of the applications are legitimate but unfortunately there's that that component where the applications of this yeah, technology when may not be legitimate. Government powers and there's money involved, then yeah. uh, unfortunately the, the negative side can uh, yeah, outweigh you, the benefits. If you've got a mate who works for the government, can you pay for some dirt on someone via a CCTV camera and thereby get rid of your commercial competition? That kind of stuff. And Corruption. like we've argued with local governments here, if your data isn't secure enough, then that can be easily hacked or taken. So yes, these are closed circuit, but generally they're backed up on uh, some you know digital device which can be accessed uh, remotely in some cases as yeah. well. So. I mean, things like monitoring traffic, perfectly legit. Managing yes, traffic of in, in big, heavily trafficked cities, great idea. Even doing things like observing industrial operations in environments not suitable for humans. Mm. That's another very prime use for CCTV technology. So uh, it's not to say that all of this is dodgy, but it's just some of it that is a concern. Maybe there's overreach or there's, as you said, there's that creep. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.